Oh, hello there. I'm Melinda Catherine Gross. And I'm Michael Nixon. And we like to talk about murder. Well, you like to talk about murder, fictional murder, a <laughs> lot, uh, whether anybody wants you to or not. That's right. And Michael doesn't talk about murder nearly enough. So I would like to invite you all to join us as we explore the material of our favorite monster. Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Each week we will be discussing and dissecting the film and TV appearances of Thomas Harris's infamous serial killer, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Mostly, I'm going to try to get Michael to eat people. I won't. You will. I might, but there's only one way to find out. Tune in to Having a Friend for Dinner, available on DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, bon appetit. Ooh. Dueling Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zom Rom-Com Shaun of the Dead, one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And joining us for a final time this week, we've got John Ingle. Welcome. Thanks again. It was, uh, it's been a fun three minutes, guys. Well, we'll, <laughs> yes. we'll see about this one. We'll see about this one. Yeah, but this is where it all goes to hell. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Today, we are taking a bite out of Minute 40, which begins with the Z word and ends with Sean walking trepidatiously toward the shower. So this has, again, just like a really funny visual comedy moment. I I uh-huh. love that, you know, what, what? one of the things I love the most about film acting is you can get really close and quiet or you can get really, you can do so much with so little is what I'm trying to say. And Peg's ability to like move his eyes around and be like, Oh, wait, wait, no, there they are. And just (laughs) communicate so fully what the joke is. He's actually like helping the camera make the joke better. Yeah. Yeah. You you can literally see him be a good actor with his eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And in the script, it actually says he points. Right. Like it says he he points to it, and maybe for the on on paper, you kind of might need that to direct the reader to the joke. But here, we don't need that at all because we well, for one thing, we have eyes, and then we have a POV shot that represents the eyes. So we actually have the camera doing some of the work as well. Right. But um, it is this is such a classic joke, and it feels so quintessentially British. Yeah, like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, just one of those things that feels like uh, only only someone from uh, from England could come up with this little visual joke for some well, yeah, reason. It, it's so it's just it's very understated and it's human and it's like oh no there they are like it well brrr. and it's also the, the, the sound a, is so funny like they let the zombie moans come in at just the right moment. It's also a purely like it's a it's a pure cinema joke because. Mm-hmm. You can't do this joke in any other medium. This is the only 
medium that this joke works in because it requires the use of the camera. It requires the use of cutting back and forth and panning. Like all, all of that is required in order for the joke to work. And what I like about it is, is him looking through this, uh, this, this mail slot in the door, which is sort of shaped like a movie screen, like the frame, you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, he's sort of becoming the camera and that's what makes the joke work. Like, it's just, I don't know, like uh, everything about this is just a really, it's a perfectly constructed thing. And it's, it's again, it's one of those jokes. And we, we've mentioned this a few times. There, there's jokes in this movie that do not work in a wide shot. Like if you just shoot it in a wide, it doesn't work. The other example we used was, um, uh, and it's actually, that's funny. It's actually similar because Sean asked Ed, are they still out there? And Ed walks from his, and the camera pans with him. He walks from his spot over to the window, opens the curtains. The zombies are right outside against the window. He shuts the curtains, walks back to his spot and says, yes. And that's a joke that doesn't, it only works because the camera is part is like in on the joke. If it was just shot in a wide and he did that, it wouldn't be as funny, but because the camera has to pan with him and pan back, it, it just adds to the sort of comedic timing of it. And I think that's similar uh, to what's going on here. And you know, that, yeah. that, that reminds me so much of what something you said, I think, right after we we set sail, like I think our first episode, where you said that the the Cornetto trilogy feels like Edgar Wright feels like the third member of a comedy team, mm-hmm. and it's it it's like in those moments you're aware of like the third member is the camera, and it's that camera is Edgar Wright, right? And he's putting it exactly where it needs to be to help communicate the humor and the body language of these two performers that he knows so well. Camera, obviously, but you, got, you, you don't want to discount the editor and the Foley yes. artists and yeah. all the other people that are in on Absolutely. these jokes. Because so much of what, like you mentioned, I think, Nick, you said earlier uh, about the moaning that's right. happening. Uh, why is it you can only hear moaning when you're looking at them, I guess? But that's right. the joke, right? That's, <laughs> right. The, that's yeah. kind of the added little cherry on top of that joke is that um, just because you're looking <laughs> a couple of inches over doesn't mean you can't hear a horde of uh, zombies outside. Right. But, yeah, it's um, it's sort of it like um, it's that moment in Dark Knight Rises that everyone always criticizes where like you can't hear the Batwing until like it's literally in the frame. And it's like, how would you not have heard a jet engine? Right before, right. Like, before it shows up in frame, um, and that's a that's a criticism because it's not played for a joke. But here, because it's played for a joke, it works. Yeah. Well, what Ed, what Edgar Wright does with things that aren't in the frame, or what he does to hide the things that aren't in frame and then reveal them, like in a moment like this, he's just the master of that. Like, yeah. how many jokes are there in his movies that are just bits of uh, of uh, ADR? You know, or something, just things that are just thrown in the soundscape of the movie uh, right in the middle of a kind of a quiet beat. Somebody off screen will say something or there's just so many things that he does. He just knows how to use everything. He knows how to use everything that's inside the frame and he knows how to use everything that's outside the frame as well, which means he just knows how to use the world that he's in. But, and yeah. it just comes from a fluency in cinema. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he just understands the tapestry of the whole yeah. thing to an extent that he knows how to bring things in that yeah, I think most like people with a more limited vision just see what's in the frame. They're thinking about what's happening in the 
moment with that particular character. And, you know, it, 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 he's making comedies, so there's a, a bigger toy box to play with yeah. than sure. a lot of filmmakers have. But um, that, I don't know, that's kind of why he's just so brilliant. <laughs> one of the brilliant comedy directors, one of the brilliant action movie directors. You know, all the different genres you can think of is like, ah, he knows how to do them all. Uh, comedy might still be the strongest, his strongest suit in a lot of ways because he knows how to use film technique for comedy more better than anybody. I don't know if there's anybody ever um, that's been able to use technique to the extent that he does for a joke. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I don't I don't think there is anyone out there. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure, it, I'm sure somebody it, will come up with somebody, but of course, I mean that, that that's a beautiful part of the medium is that we're always pushing forward but you know you you watch an Edgar Wright movie and like I don't know I, I get the same feeling I get when I'm like listening to a Stephen Sondheim musical you're just mm-hmm. watching someone dance with the medium uh-huh just like ah it's just so easy it looks so easy and it's so fluid and precise and yeah yeah no it's excellent yeah. um taking a few steps back from that visual joke I do want to have a small conversation about uh <laughs> about about Sean's like denial of, of, of that these are zombies because yeah. you know this this movie exists in a world where zombie movies are a thing and have existed yeah. for a while and they've been in video games and all these things and so when ed has is completely comfortable calling them exactly what they are because he plays those video games and loves those movies not to say that sean doesn't but sean being a little bit more of a realist than ed is I, I feel like he is just I just I love his hesitation to use the word zombie because he's like, no, that is not. No, we it's can't. Ridi- and, and all he'll say is that it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like they can't be zombies. That's not real. Um, and I, I just <laughs> well, I, think, I love that. I was going to ask, I do, doesn't this have to be in this movie? Doesn't this scene have to be here? Yeah, because I. Not only like when I this got a huge laugh in the theater, and I think a lot of it came from people that were zombie movie fans that thought this was funny because this is almost like a geeky conversation uh, where a super purist of like zombie cinema might not want to use that word, you know, right. like, oh, that's the silly. That's what the regular people use to refer to the undead or the whatever they might call them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, there's a little bit of that there. But also it's tell it's telling us flat out. Look, we understand we're making a movie. We're not making just a zombie movie. We're making a movie about zombie movies. Right. So we're going to have to actually talk about something that is a have a discussion that is a discussion that people have about zombie movies. And we'll just get it out of the way because that word, of course, is the most commonly used word for everybody. Everybody's going to use it to describe this movie. Mm-hmm. We got to hang a lantern on it right now. And to have one character just shut down the use of the word entirely is hilarious. I mean, I just think that, that it's yeah. almost though nowadays you would feel like a lesser filmmaker that might be making a parody would have they would have to have a discussion deciding what to call them or something. Right. I'm right. glad they don't go that far. Like a riff but, off. Uh, yeah, it'd be like, so what do we call them then? Oh, uh, well, uh, and then well, they just have like a bunch of but, ideas. And but what's funny is you're literally quoting a scene from The World's End. <laughs> That's true. I guess yeah. I am. Yeah. But but what's the world's end about? Not zombies. Not right. anything like it's not. They like don't a, know what to call them. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's something because that's something that's entirely new to the audience watching the movie. Right. Here, well, but but, I, but what I like I like it as a as a comparison as a point of comparison though, right? Because you are describing a scene from the world's end, but 
the reason that the scene from the world's end works is like Nick said, there's no name for those things. They don't know what to call them uh, because they are pop culture savvy characters, like all of the characters in uh, Edgar Wright's movies, but they, yeah, those are, they're different things. So they have to come up with a different name. And so that's a version of the conversation that you're talking about only done, you know, through the mastery of, of Peg and, and Wright. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but yeah, I, I do. I, I like that they at least say the word so that we know that these characters are aware of what these are. I mean, one of the most annoying things about the walking dead is that they call them walkers and it's like, they're, they're zombies guys. Like you lived in the world. Like you lived in the world before this happened. Are you telling me in this world zombie movies didn't exist? And it's just are they not more alive than we are though at this point? It just yeah. Oh, is Yosemite Sam in the? Oh, is he not in there anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I, I, it, it always annoys me when you go into a movie and they don't know what vampires are, or they don't know what zombies are, or werewolves, or whatever. Um, It's always bothered me because I think we're. We're beyond that now uh, in in our pop culture. Like we can't make those movies anymore where people aren't aware of what these things are. We're in this like post postmodern era now. There's just mm-hmm. no getting around the pop culture uh, presence within the pop culture itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just can't show me a movie. I don't know how you'd have to be pretty good to show me a movie and convince me that not everything that's in my world is also in that world. Yeah. That's that's something that's just too hard to do nowadays. I don't know if you can really disconnect the audience that well. Right. We've just been through so much culturally as a society these past, like, you know, five, 10 years that the, the tropes and conventions that we've been relying on since the eighties really have, are really starting to truly run out of gas and, the audience can feel when a movie is speaking a more honest cinematic language. I think that's why we, we reacted so strongly to Get Out this year. And, 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 and movies, it just felt like they were being made by people who were living in our world right now. And yeah, like it, it, it's so hand, it, it's so human when it's like, we're not going to call them zombies. It, that, that says, yes, we know, but these characters are not comfortable with that. Or right. well, one of the, they're, they're one dealing of the with that the way we would. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, you know, just from a screenwriting standpoint, one of the best examples of dealing with this problem, uh, another movie from this year, Logan, you know, where James Mangold, I heard him in an interview talking about this. He didn't want to have to deal with the existence of any of the other X-Men films within Logan. So he took them and bottled them down into this idea that there were actual X-Men comics in the world. And he was able then to take Wolverine, take Logan, point at them and go, that's bullshit. Right. (laughs) And there you go. That's all out of the way now. This world is a different world than what you've seen. And it also kind of he's kind of reversing it because he's saying the pop culture is in this world. It's the reality that you think is the reality that's not. You know, you don't know what the reality is because you just had our main character tell you that what you thought was the real world of the movie is actually just in those comic books. So I thought that was a brilliant way to deal with that problem in kind of a reverse way. But um, yeah, people are having to think that through now because of the age we're in and the geek culture and how they have the zillion, you know, uh, those of us in the geek culture have a zillion questions for every filmmaker. 
about how their movies tie in with other movies or how do they not know about the zombies or how do they not know about the vampires? Like, you know, we said, the, uh, Scott, you said at the beginning of this conversation, um, that you're, people are going to have to get more clever about it, I guess, if you're wanting to establish yeah. a world and being meta about it, isn't always the way either. Uh, right. so it's, uh, yeah. sometimes that can be a little bit too heavy handed. Is, so. is, is Patty's uncle Winston Zedmore or is that just another guy and with the, with a hearse? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, a Ghostbusters uh, 2016 reference for those we of all you right. we all knew. Keep check it home, <laughs> right? It's like that. That one was a real. That's a real brain uh, teaser there. That movie because it's yeah. kind of hard mm-hmm. to tell what's. You got all the characters yeah. from the other movie. Oh, anyway, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Choice making you dislike every original member of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. The the whole reboot culture, you know, everything that's going on right now is challenging this even further. And, you know, I guess it's also sort of a reaction on how to deal with it. So, I don't know. We're just going to see this all play out, I guess, as uh, uh, as the pop culture world becomes more and more dense. And it's going to be hard to swim through. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just you got you to gotta not be in denial the way that Sean is here. You have to kind of just accept with like, it. Yeah, you got to roll with it. And I mean, I guess, you know, and that's to say you don't want to be in denial about it the way that Sean is, but the way the movie is dealing with it is not in denial. The movie is like, yeah, we know they're zombies. Like they're, we know they're, they're not even the cool zombies from last year. They're like old fashioned, like Romero. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Exactly. And, you know, the fact that it rolls off, that word rolls off of Ed's tongue. He just comes out. He just automatically calls him that and then can't understand what he's even saying when he's saying, don't say that. He's like, what do you mean? What? Like, it was such an automatic thing to say about the, what those are. It's the movie is telling us, we know they're zombies. We're not going to try to pretend <laughs> these aren't zombies. That's what they are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so moving on to um, uh, this uh, sort of pumped up for a wee uh, s- sequence here. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Going back to just them totally broing out and yeah. like pumping each other up. Yeah, and then and then totally undercutting it. Uh, because Sean needs to go to the bathroom, which um, I I like because what well, again, this is sort of taking the wind out of the sails of the genre. Because one of the things that you never see in these movies that like, you know, people on the internet on Reddit or whatever will like make a post and be like, how come we never see any mo- people in the movies go to the bathroom? And it's like, well, because sure, Jack who the Bauer. Wants- yeah. yeah. Who the hell wants to see that? But, uh, I like that. They're sort of riffing on that here by having like, no, Sean needs to go to the bathroom. Like this might be his last chance for a while. So he's going to go. Oh, speaking of which, uh, before real quick, I just want to remark upon Nick Frost's uh, Ed, Ed's asking to drive Pete's car. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't. Well, yeah, that's the next thing. Sure. Oh, is it the next thing? Okay, cool. I got. I'm getting my minute. I gotta. I gotta. I'm gonna reopen. Well, no. Before he, I think you're thinking. Yeah, he he talks about it before that he actually gets to, Goes the, bathroom. to the bathroom. Right, yeah. but he but he says he's gonna go for a wee first. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, this. I mean, this is a thing, uh, you know, apparently people in London, it's like people in New York, they have no reason to have a license. So they never drive anywhere. They just take public transportation everywhere. And, um, the idea of, of driving is like, a, I don't know. It's like, yeah, a, Ed's Ed's, I mean, just, I, I love how often Ed is still like a, a 11 year old boy. Just, I'm going to get another chance. Just like fluttering yeah, the, the eyes a little bit. Yeah. It's so manipulative and you can see <laughs> We're now seeing firsthand, you know, this is how he's gotten so far with Sean all these years. 
Like he uses, he does this puppy dog thing. Yeah. And Sean buddy. cares about him. So Sean always feels, Sean's a soft hearted guy. He, so he feels, he's always like gives in. And yeah. and that's exactly what Pete was giving him a hard time about, you know? Yeah. So uh, I think it's nice. Another moment where they're able to, you know, establish the character, give us a little bit of backstory in a way without yeah. having to to do that, you know, explicitly. But when I see him, he's like, oh, well, I'll get another chance. Like, who cares? What, what does that have to do with it? But he's able, the way his face, you know, contorts and Sean's like, oh, buddy, yeah, sure, here you go. You know, they have kind of a reverse, <laughs> they have a reverse Robin Hood and little John relationship where it's like the the kind of smaller, skinnier one is the kind of genuine, naive guy. But the bigger one is like the schemer. Yeah. Mm. So what do we think about this? moment where Sean removes his uh his name badge and throws it on the sink. Well, I think it's it take, it's taken us back to our conversation, I guess it was yesterday about making changes. Like mm-hmm. Sean wants to make changes and um uh that's going to be his goal from now on. He wrote it on the board, blah blah blah. We talked about it all yesterday. This is a really really superficial act. <laughs> towards right. that that he is kind of seeing as a significant moment and it's shot as this little bit of a significant moment because he sees it in the mirror and he's very seriously takes it off he throws it down yeah. it's like i'm shedding that part of me it's almost like the cop throwing his badge away and then going on the vigilante spree right, right. not yeah. tonight i'm not tonight yeah, I'm, I'm not a cop tonight yeah <laughs> um but really it's just superficial and insignificant like everything else that's happened you know the, like he, he hasn't figured out what reality is yet. The movie hasn't figured out what reality is yet. It's still in that comedy mode. So he sees this as significant, but it's not at all. He's still wearing the damn uniform through the right. whole movie. You know, I think that's sort of the joke on this a uh, little bit is that he's still wearing that uniform through the whole movie. Yeah. But um, that's what I take from it is that it's uh, it's kind of shot to be a significant moment, but it doesn't prove to be one later. Right. And I also, I also like that it's shot – uh, as a reversal of when he put the badge on uh, the previous day, because mm. he 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 picks it up off the sink and puts it on uh, yesterday, and now he takes it down, takes it off, and throws it onto the sink. And so yeah. I like I like that as well. I hadn't thought about that because that even makes it less significant. Yeah, because <laughs> this is probably what he actually does every day. Right. If it's always sitting there, but it's we're meant to think that it's significant, but really it's the exact thing he does every day, just like everything else that he does. Yeah, yeah, and then we and then we also play out the same moment with uh, revealing Pete in the mirror. Uh, you know, I remember when we when we talked about that minute where that happened. Uh, Nick was laughing at how dramatic it was when he pushes the mirror closed and we reveal Pete and there's like <laughs> dramatic music. Uh, and he was like, yeah, it's so funny. Like it's, you know, it's not dramatic, but you know, they're making it seem dramatic. And now here we're getting the callback of the same moment. Only now it really is dramatic that we're getting the reveal of Pete. Yeah. Yeah. What do we make of the mirror always being a jar? Like, to be honest, like, yeah. I've always kind of been bothered by it. It's like, okay, well, that's just a setup so he can do this shot. And I guess that's funny, but something in me wants to find a practical reason why that mirror is always ajar. They don't, uh, they don't close doors. They don't wow. close doors. Yeah, that's what I started to think about. I was like, you know what? These are just a bunch of bachelors, man. Yeah. Like, that's they just leave things open. They don't close doors. Yeah, so it, it actually does make sense. I don't – it's just always been in that moment. I'm like, oh, well, that's a little easy, but it's I assume really. it's, it's actually pretty well set up. Yeah, yeah. I assume Ed was just the last person in there. 
Uh, and he left the, he got something out of there and then just like kind of lazily swung it closed and, and it didn't close all mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. But do you think Ed actually gets anything out of a medicine cabinet? Uh, I think, <laughs> I think he takes whatever prescription pills that Pete has and just <laughs> okay, helps that, himself. <laughs> that works. Cause I'm not picturing him with the deodorant in there. <laughs> Like no, that. no, no, no. I think I think he's taking some sort of some some of like Pete's prescriptions or uh, something, or maybe <laughs> maybe he like he downed some aspirin or like was like oh like what just like whatever whatever's in there. I could see him just like I'll just I'll just help help myself to some of these, uh, help me go to bed or whatever. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but then Pete in the shower is interesting because. Is is he going through the motions as a zombie or did he die in the shower before turning the water on? That's good. <laughs> oh man, I'm trying to think so which did, one's sadder. <laughs> did the small part did the small part of him that was left uh turn off the water to save on the bill the same way that uh, <laughs> step stepdad turns the radio off in the car? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought about the water. I think he probably just zo- went zombie, died before the water came on. Yeah. That seems, I don't know. That's weird. Why yeah. didn't, yeah, they can't have the water on because he would hear it. So, right. Hmm. That's kind of tricky. It's not really clear or, hmm. I thought about <laughs> that before. Now I'm just trying to think it through, but I can't think of a really, really solid explanation for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think this is a one of the only instances in the movie where I, I feel like it doesn't really make sense. It's just a good joke or like a good setup or yeah, you know, yeah. it it just it's it's a cleaner sort of setup for what they need to happen, uh, which is for Sean to figure out that pizza zombie and they don't want to have an extra set of Pete's bedroom, so they he needs to be in a shared space, and this is what they came up with and they probably, you know, it's, it's for the betterment of the movie. But you know, when you're looking at it minute by minute and you're trying to break this down, I had a lot of questions about how he ended up in there in the very particular situation that he's in. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's one of those instances where cinema, cinema for cinema's sake. Right. Taking the cinema sin. The only thing, the only explanation could be this, that he survived the night with the bite. Woke up in the morning to go to work, like he said he had to. Mm-hmm. Got to the shower, and and before he had a chance to turn on the water, he died. Yeah. So it's really convenient. Uh, yeah. It's really convenient. <laughs> What's happening to me? And he closed the curtain before he turned the water on. He, he who, does the curtain as well. <laughs> who does that? Who does that? Yeah. Who, get, who gets in the shower before you turn the water on? Oh, Maybe you got to get the water one, to the temperature first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. Maybe it was subconscious on the part of the zombie. We, we've talked about yeah. zombies having echoes of their behavior in life. Right. You know, coming it's gotta in be, out. It's got to be the same. That that little bit that we see of, of Philip later right. that turns the music off. It's got to be that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's so, he's so caught up in his work routine that as a zombie, he still got up, took off his clothes, went and took a shower or yeah. started to, but never quite got around to the water part. Yeah. That's got to be there. what it is. I guess, that's... I guess he just stood there. Yeah. He just stood there. Uh, this hmm. is what I do now. <laughs> I stand in the shower. Um, I, I, I like the idea that like if they had stayed in the house long enough, like a few hours from now, he would have just made his way down the stairs, like haphazardly dressed for work. 
Man, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, what would have taken him out of the shower? I mean, we kind of get the idea that they're sort of stuck until something gets their attention, right? Right. So what would have gotten his attention? I don't know. I don't know. I think he'd still be in the shower. I think they could have thought the whole thing blow, blew over, gone home, and then that could have been an ending to the movie, I guess. But not really. Not uh, really one. Yeah. Anyway. Um. All right. Well, any uh, any any closing thoughts on uh, Shaun of the Dead, John? Before we let you go, <laughs> uh, it's just an always satisfying watch. I rewatched it last night. I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've seen it a lot of times. And I'll tell you what, it always kind of gets me. I mm-hmm. I get a little dusty every time I watch Shaun of the Dead, which is a good sign for any movie in my book. I Barbara's the whole thing around Barbara gets oh, me yeah. every time. It's legit. Like everything happening there, all the performances, <laughs> yeah. the fact that they went that far. Um, from that point on, the movie is such an amazing ride. Uh, yeah. Completely not comedic anymore. Right. I mean, there's there's a joke here and there, but it feels more like the jokes are in service of the horror as opposed to the other way around. Yeah. So um, I just it's I think it's still their best movie, but um, you know that's neither here nor there. All their movies are great and. Um, I don't know. It's just constantly enjoyable. I look forward to one day my son being old enough uh, to deal with this. I mean, he's already kind of into zombies. He talks about zombies all the time. Some <laughs> Scooby-Doo style ones, I guess. But uh, I look forward to this is one of those I look forward to showing him one of these days and be like, okay, this is how movies are made, buddy. Uh, yeah. Sit back because uh, this is this is a good example for you. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, for me, I think um, and I, I've touched on this before um, when we were talking about the uh, the fart joke earlier with the, with the, you know, I'm sorry, Sean. Um, and, and how they end up calling that back at the end of the movie. Only that time, like it makes you, it brings tears to your eyes. Like you're just, cause it's really sad. <laughs> the, yeah. the moment where they bring it back. And I'm like, that's just proof how brilliant this movie is, is that like, they can make a fart joke, make you cry. <laughs> the fart joke made me cry. Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's your pull quote for the, the next Blu-ray release. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fart joke made me cry, Scott Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. No, you're my, right. It's a it's, my story by Scott Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's true. I mean, they've like I said, I think they just got their finger on the pulse of this style of filmmaking and they know exactly what moves to make and mm-hmm. they stretch it to the limit, but it always seems to land and uh, to mix my metaphors. Uh so, yeah. Uh brilliant movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you can find uh, John and a lot of other Movies by Minute podcasts at uh, moviesbyminutes.com. You can find John on Alien Minute um, along with uh, ABC Devo. If you like, uh, if you like Devo, or if you if you've never if you only know Whip It, uh, you've got a lot of <laughs> catching up to do, and you can you can <laughs> Whip It will be a long down the road uh, on that show but uh, they'll get to it eventually uh, you'll it. discover a lot of Devo on the way there um, so uh, go check that out and check out all the other podcasts at moviesbyminutes.com and uh, we will be back on Monday with a brand new episode but in the meantime let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over bye bye bye